Welcome to The Foundry, where leaders are forged daily. Each week, we investigate themes of leadership, entrepreneurship, and mindset with some of the greatest minds in real estate. And now, the data scientist of real estate, George Roberts. Welcome back, entrepreneurs. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Jay Connor, the Private Money Authority and host of the Raising Private Money show. Jay Connor has been buying and selling houses since 2003. He's rehabbed over 475 houses and, and has been involved in over $118 million in transactions. His passion is motivating and teaching other real estate investors how to raise private money without ever asking for money. As a result, Jay has consulted one-on-one -on -one with over 2,000 real estate investors. So we will definitely be hearing a lot about raising private money in this podcast here today. But I also would like to talk a little bit about uh, developing shopping centers and condominium communities too. So with that, I'd like to say uh, welcome to the show, Jay. Hello, George. Thank you so much for inviting me to come along and talk about this topic that I'm so passionate about, that being private money. And the reason I'm so passionate about it is because private money has had more of a difference and made more of an impact in our real estate investing journey than anything else that we do because of private money in 2009 specifically, right. we've never missed out on a deal for not having the money. I love it. I love it. Well, we're going to talk about 2009 in a minute, but first I want to ask you, so when you're at a cocktail party, what do you tell people when they ask, so what do you do? Well, my answer to what do you do is, well, I put together lucrative real estate deals so that my private lenders and investors can get high rates of return. Love it. So it's been said that a banker is somebody who will loan you an umbrella when the sun is shining and <laughs> take it back. I've heard that. Take it, take it right back when a cloud appears in the sky. So can you uh, take us back to the global financial crisis? What transpired and how are you able to agilely pivot out of your situation? Wow, George, I remember it just like it was yesterday. I was sitting here in my office at this exact desk and I picked up my telephone, and by the way, I know you may find it hard to believe, George, but we actually still have handsets and cords here in North nice. Carolina. You know, I know it's hard to believe, but I picked up my telephone and I called my banker. His name was Steve. Now, this was January of 2009. I had two houses under contract, George, to buy, and I thought my line of credit was still in place like it had been for six years. And so I quickly found out on that telephone conversation with Steve, my banker, that my line of credit had been shut down with no notice. And I said, Steve, what are you talking about? You've shut down my line of credit. I said, what's going on? I've been made my payments on time for six years. We've done a ton of deals together. He says, Jay, don't you know there's a global financial crisis going on right now? I said, no, but now I got a financial crisis going on because you shut me down and I got no way to fund these two deals. And these two deals represented over $100,000 in profit. So George, how did we pivot? Well, I sat right here at this desk and I thought uh, for a moment and I asked myself a question. 
And the question was, Jay, who do you know that can help you with your problem? And by the way, George, these people that go around and say, oh, every problem is really an opportunity. I want to throw up. I didn't have an opportunity. I had a problem, right? I'm, I'm, I don't have money to fund these two deals after thinking I had money. My first thought when my banker told me my funding was shut down, my first thought was, well, it'd been nice to know that before I went and put earnest money down back in 2009. So anyway, I asked myself, who do I know that can help me with my problem? And by asking that question, by the way, here's a writer downer. The power is asking the right questions, Always. Right? asking the right questions. So immediately I thought of my friend, Jeff Blankenship, who lived in Greensboro, North Carolina at the time. And I told him what had happened. He said, well, Jay, welcome to the club. I said, what club? He said, the club of losing your line of credit at the bank. They just shut me down last week. I said, well, how are you going to fund your deals, Jeff? He said, well, have you heard of private money? I said, no. He said, have you heard of self-directed IRAs? I said, no, but I learned about them very, very quickly. And so I studied private money and I put together my own private lending program. You know, George, a big part of this pivot is the traditional way to get funding on your commercial deals or on your single family residential deals. As you go to the local bank, you get on your hands and knees and you put your hands underneath your chin and you say, please, Miss Banker, or please, Mr. Banker, please fund my deal. Well, I learned in this world of private money, we're not asking, begging, chasing, selling, persuading anybody to loan us money. The opposite is true. So what did I do? I put my program together and I put on my private money teacher hat and I started teaching people that I have an association with already what private money is, what self-directed IRAs are. And in less than 90 days, I was able by teaching, not asking anybody for any money, but right. teaching what private money is, how the opportunity works, where they can earn high rates of return safely and securely. So I attracted $2,150,000 in less than 90 days by teaching people about this opportunity. You know, what? here's what's interesting, George. I got 47 private lenders right now funding our deals about eight and a half million dollars in private money. And that's primarily used on single family houses. However, it can be used on multifamily. And you know what, George, not one of those 47 private lenders ever heard of private money or self-directed IRAs and how they can use their retirement accounts to be a private lender until I put on my teacher hat and started teaching them about it. I love it. Well, best way to learn anything is to teach it. So uh, $2.15 million in 90 days, not too shabby. But for those of us who might be a little newer to this, you know, uh, well, before I ask you how, how we should get started finding private money, I'm not sure you really told us about how it transformed your deals. So I know you, you went from, obviously you're doing more deals, but also the amount of profit per deal. So, so tell us how it transformed your investing life. And then I want you to tell us, you know, what, what do we need to do? Like what's the ABCs here? Sure. Well, first of all, how it transformed our deals is I went from a measly million dollar line of credit at the local bank mm -hmm. to very, very quickly over 2 million. And then from 2 million to eight and a half million. So 
I, I was able to do bigger deals and able to do more deals. You see, being cut off from the bank was the biggest blessing in disguise that I've had since getting into this business. Because, for example, when we're using private money, uh, there's no credit check. Uh, there's no verification of income. There's no limit to the number of private lenders we can have. There's no limit to the amount of private money that we can use. And we make the rules. You know, the difference between going to the local bank to get funding is they make the rules. They set the interest rate. They set the frequency, the terms and all that. So it's an opposite. We make the rules. So here's the bottom line difference. Instead of asking for a mortgage, we're offering a mortgage. So right now today, we're in a small market, only 40,000 people, and we do two to three deals a month, averaging $78,000 per deal. I don't share that to brag at all. My point in making and telling that is that you don't have to be in a big market to make significant profits on small, you know, not big deals in and of themselves. That's great. Now let's get down to the nuts and bolts. Uh, how is uh, private money different than say hard money? I mean, kind of lay it out. Like what, what is hard money? Uh, how, how hard is it? <laughs> I mean, if you're the borrower. <laughs> well, it's so hard, it hurts. So, um, so hard money, it, the difference between hard money and private money. In fact, I was speaking at a conference this past weekend and one of the attendees came up to me and says, Jay, I know you're the private money authority, but what's the difference? I mean, there's hard money lenders here at the conference. What's the difference? I said, well, here's the difference. In most cases, a hard money lender is a broker, is a broker of money that has gone out and has raised private money from individuals to invest into their hard money fund. And then the hard money lender or broker then turns around, lends that money out to us real estate investors and charges a higher rate of return or higher interest rate than what they're borrowing at. And they charge origination fees and points. In contrast to that, a private money lender is the individual. It's the person that's, it's, that's a human being that's got investment capital and or retirement funds. And so we're going straight to the source. We're not using a broker or a middle person. We're going straight to the source that has the private money to invest in our deals. So simply, it's a one-on-one -on -one transaction with no middle person involved. All right, great. Now, okay, so let's talk about like the interest rates. Now, if we had this conversation a few years back, the conversation, as I imagine, is hey, do you want to go out and get that certificate of deposit or invest in that government bond that's giving you like virtually zero interest? Or would you like to come into uh, this real estate deal with me and, and potentially get much higher returns? So how has that sort of changed over the last few years? Now, interest rates, whew, what are we looking at now for private money? You know, that's a great question, George. So prior to COVID, the national average on a 12 month certificate of deposit actually got down to 0.17%. Wow. 0.17%. Well, today, that seven month CD or 12 month CD is between four and a half and 5%. Here's what's interesting when it was 0.17% in the local 12 month certificate of deposit, I was paying 8%. Today, certificate of deposits four and a half five percent. Guess what? 
I'm still paying 8%. Now there's two reasons for that. Why am I still paying 8% and the needle has not moved when all the commercial rates have skyrocketed out of the ceiling? The first reason is we make the rules. We make the rules, right? So right. it's not the private lender. Now, now let's get something clear here. If you're doing business with an existing private lender that already was loaning money out before you put on your teacher hat to what I call your warm market, you ain't going to be paying 8%, right? You're going to be paying 12%. Okay. Right. But when you are teaching people what it is right. and they've never heard of private money and they never heard of how they can use their retirement funds, then you're making the rules. So I'm still at 8%. Why am I still at 8%? It's real simple. 8% is still a whole lot better than four and a half or 5%. Now it's not as many times more as 0.17%, but my private lenders would still much rather make 8% backed by real estate instead of four and a half or five. Yeah, that's beautiful because you're really doing a service to people. If that's all you know about is, you know, stocks and bonds and say, you know, hey, stocks are just too volatile for me. I just don't like the sort of returns I'm getting elsewhere. Absolutely. So that's, I think that's really huge. Now, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, you know, either that they're they're not out there raising money or if they are, maybe they are going to those hard money lenders. And this sounds really great. So how do I get started? What's what's the number one thing you need to do? Okay, so I know you've already mentioned be the teacher, right? So you get out, get out there and find some people that maybe don't know about what opportunities exist and educate them. Well, what, what would you do next? So the first thing is you need to know your program. What is it you're going to teach? I mean, mm -hmm. there's no need in putting your teacher hat on unless you know what you're going to teach. Yeah. So the first step is know your program, create your program. Well, George, how would you like for me to give your listeners a free book, not a download, but an actual book, book, book that I will autograph and mail them in the mail to where the book will actually share my program that I teach all my private lenders before they come on. What interest rate do I pay? How are they protected? How can they get their money back in case of an emergency? What's the length of the note? What's the frequency of payments? So it's a very, very simple program to teach. And if it sounds good to you, George, that's the first plot. Sounds good. Yeah. Right. I love all these uh, freebies, giveaways, education. Tell us how we get it. Yeah. So the first step is know your program. Well, right here in my book, which is titled where to get the money now subtitle, how and where to get money for your real estate deals without relying on traditional or hard money lenders. So this book, you can get this book for free, just cover shipping at jconnor.com forward slash book. Now I'm an ER, not an OR. So that's J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R, jconnor.com forward slash book. And I'll send it out to you priority mail, three day delivery. And this book, simple, simple to read. In fact, this book even talks about private lender luncheons and how you can leverage your time. But the, the first thing to learn, first step, George, like you asked, is what is it that you're going to teach? It's right here in the book. Simple, simple, simple. I'll ship it to you. jconnor.com forward slash book. So that's the first step. 
know the program that you're going to teach. Second step, make your list. Who are you going to teach this to? Well, the book that I'm going to mail to you will actually walk you through how to identify the top 40 potential private lenders that you already know. You already know them. Well, where are the they? Rich Uncle? <laughs> rich Uncle could be one, but not everybody's got a Rich Uncle, right? Well, I will tell you, pretty much most of those top 40 potential private lenders that you already know are in your cell phone. Most of them. Not all of them. Most of them. Who do you go to church with? Who's at the Rotary Club? Who's at Business Networking International? And by the way, if you're not involved in those organizations, my book goes into a step-by-step -step plan on how to expand your warm market. So make your list. Well, my book will explain to you who should be at the top of your list. I can tell you who should be at the top of your list in your cell phone. And that's people that are retired. Well, hello. What about that? I mean, yeah, people I mean, that are who wouldn't like to get some uh, who, who like to get some very uh, reliable funds coming through every month in their retirement, especially with stock market volatility. Who knows what happens next? And, you know, what you just said there, George, is one of the main reasons, particularly today, but always particularly today, why our private lenders absolutely love our program is number one, they make more money than they can elsewhere. Number two, it's safe and secure. But number three, there's no, as you just said, there's no volatility whatsoever in the value of their investment. Like you just said, if they put it in the stock market, it's all over the place. But in yeah. this program, when they invest, their principal investment amount that they loan to us remains the same until cash out. They know exactly what their rate of return is going to be, just like putting it in the bank. So they don't have to worry about the value of their investment going down. They know exactly what their return is going to be. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I don't know about you, Jay, but I don't want to spend my retirement watching CNBC and uh, trying to figure out how much money I may have uh, won or lost each day. So absolutely. And you know, for the uh, more experienced people who might just be coming here, maybe already understand private money, just looking for some nuggets of wisdom here. What would be the number one tip on raising private money that would surprise most listeners? So what would surprise most listeners? I'll tell you about what will surprise you. First of all, don't rule out anybody. Okay. Because what will surprise you a lot of times as you are attracting and raising private money, sometimes the people that you think might be interested are broke. Some of the people you might think are loaded are not. And here's what surprises my new members in my coaching program is that most of the private lenders that you have start to do business with you and stay with you forever. They're just regular people. They're just regular people like you. Like, I mean, you know, it's people that either have retired and they got a pension or, I mean, for goodness sakes, George, I've even had minor children be my private lender because they got an inheritance from their grandparents and, um, and their parents didn't know what to do with the money. So what will surprise you is it's just ordinary everyday people that are looking for a safe rate of return that 
you know, they're protected with. Love it. So then getting a little deeper, um, you identified these, these people, you've made your list. So how do you approach your potential private lender? Yeah. You know, I love what I call starter conversations or starter questions. So one of my favorite questions is what I call, did you know questions? So by the way, remember, this is, first of all, we got to own the real estate that lives in between our ears. That's called our brain and how we are looking at this. So we're not running around. So a lot of times new people will say to me, say, well, Jay, I'm just fearful of rejection and asking for money. Remember, we're not asking for money. We're teaching and you can't be rejected if you're not asking for anything. So if I've got my teacher hat on and I'm having a casual conversation with somebody. I hope you're all watching this. It's very entertaining. <laughs> I mean, if I've got my teacher hat on and I'm just having a conversation with somebody, like say, George, let's say you and I are at a, you know, a, a reception or we're, you know, having coffee. It don't matter what setting we're in, but we're just sitting out and hanging around. Here's one of my favorite conversation starters. Did you oh, know? Hit me. George, <laughs> did you know there's a way people can earn unlimited money per year tax-free? Mm. And George is probably not going to know how that works. Like most people don't know that was. So of course the answer to that is Roth IRAs that right. people have in a self-traded IRA and they can invest. That's all after-tax dollars. Of course, the person you're talking to is going to say, well, what did, how do they do that? Well, my next question is, well, have you ever heard of self-directed IRAs? They're probably going to say no, because 99% of the people have never heard of self-directed IRAs. By the way, why is that important for you to have a, here's a writer downer. You want to have a relationship with a self-directed IRA company. Why? First of all, over half of my private lenders are using their retirement funds to fund our deals, their retirement funds, but they could not use their retirement funds unless I had introduced them to my self-directed IRA company representative. So that rep can answer any questions they have about how they can use their retirement funds. And the rep moves the funds over from where they have retirement funds. If they're not happy with their returns funds, their account, and now they can start funding our deals using their retirement accounts. So I love those. Did you know questions that leads to a conversation about, well, what in the world is private money? Now here's another conversation starter that I love. So you're just hanging out, you're visiting with people. Uh, in fact, not long ago, I went to my wife's Carol joys, her name went to my wife's um, mother's birthday party. She's now 91 years old went to her birthday party and I'm hanging around and I'm visiting with some people at the uh, reception out there in Texas. They still eat mints and peanuts and cake at the reception. Anyway, so I'm hanging out there and I'm visiting with some, some folks and I'm, I, I look over this lady that I hadn't seen in a while. And I said, and by the way, her, her husband owns seven dentist clinics. Right. And so earlier I said, um, well, I said, Hey, uh, what are you, are y'all you, are investing these days? And she says, yeah, we're still investing. I said, how's that working for you? Well, I knew the answer. Like if you're investing in the stock market, that's not going too well. So when you say, well, are you investing these days? How's that working for you? When the answer is it's horrible. 
Now that opens up the door to have a conversation about, well, let me tell you what's safe and reliable and secure. This thing called the world of private money. And then there you go talking about private money. Oh, that's beautiful. And, you know, speaking of some people look rich and they're not, and some people are rich and et cetera. But, you know, the doctors, everybody assumes, I would say, that they're rich, uh, broadly speaking. But a lot of these doctors, they don't know how to invest and they may have very fancy lifestyles. So uh, maybe a bigger uh, and, and broader opportunity than most people realize. Well, speaking of doctors and dentists, whether the market is up or the market is down, people get sick and go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. So that your doctors, your dentists, et cetera, they typically, they're going to be, they have a problem and that's called cash on hand and don't know what to do with it. So, uh, that's a, that's a great category of people to have on your list. And when I say on your list, I mean, what can you do with them? Well, my book, where to get the money now, I've got an entire chapter on how to have a successful step-by-step -step instructions on how to have a successful private lender luncheon or event, how to make your list, how to invite them. And you invite people to your private lender luncheon and you feed them and you teach the program, teach the program that's in my book and you're not pitching any deals. By the way, George, I got to share this real quick. Another way that we do not ask for money is once I've taught the program to a new potential private lender and they love it and they say, Hey, I got $200,000 ready to put to work and, you know, ready to invest. I say, great. I'll put your money to work just as soon as possible. Now notice this. Here's a writer downer. Don't ever talk about your private lending program and a deal in the initial conversation. You see, desperation has got a smell to it. And if you're talking to your private lending program and a deal in the initial conversation, you're already essentially saying, Hey, I need my deal funded, right? So we separate the conversations between teaching the program. They tell us what they got and then bring in a deal for them to, to fund. Now, here's the point I want to make. I've never pitched a deal, never pitched a deal. So how do I do that? George, I want to share with your audience right now, my exact script, how I get a deal funded without asking for the money. Here we go. So I pick up the phone that's attached to a cord. I pick up my phone. I call my private lender. And here's the, and then we call this the great news phone call. This is the great news phone call. And here's what the great news phone call is. I say, Hey, George, I got great news for you. I can now put your money to work. I've got a house in Newport with an after repaired value of $200,000. The funding required for the deal is 150,000 and closing is going to be next Thursday. So you'll need to have your funds wired to my real estate attorney by next Wednesday. I'll have them email you the wiring instructions. End of conversation. The most stupid question in the world I could ever ask you, George, is do you want to do the deal? Do you want to fund the deal? Of course you want to do the deal. You've been waiting for the phone call. Why have you been waiting for the phone call? Because first I taught you the program. You told me how much money. I know you got $150,000. You told me. And look, 
I am ethically bound to put your money to work. Why? Particularly if you have moved retirement funds over to the self-directed IRA company that I referred you to, your money is sitting there earning no money until I put it to work for you. So you, you've been waiting for me to perform. In fact, when I've got a new private lender, I will refinance the deal and cash out a current private lender just to prove to my new private lender I can put their funds to work. So again, no pitching, no selling. What were the four things I told you when I told you I had good news for you? I told you the I told you I got great news. I can put your money to work for you. I told you the after repaired value of the house. I told you the funding required, which I know you already got. I told you the township it's located in. I told you when the closing date is, and I told you my real estate attorney is going to wire you uh, wiring instructions. End of conversation. Deal done. No negotiation. It's all about leading with a servant's heart. I led with a servant's heart when I put on my cap and taught you my program. And I'm leading with a servant's heart by calling you with good news and putting your money to work. Okay, I like that. I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, I'll hit you with a, an old Jay Connor quote that if you uh, focus on helping other people first, that you don't have to worry about uh, getting what you need. All right, I want to thank you, Jay. Jay Connor, the Private Money Authority, thank you for taking your time to share your knowledge and experience with our audience. George, thank you so much for having me on. You are a fantastic interviewer, man. Congratulations. And right, right um, back at you. Amazing guest. Thank you so much. You got it, George. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure.